0: gentlemen, the next United league States
1: league. heavyweight champion, Ravishing Rick Brown! There's nothing in my dreams, just some ugly memories.
0: Kiss
2: me
1: like the ocean breeze.
0: Please welcome the newest members of the Dangerous
1: Alliance. I'm Anderson and Larry Zabisco. Will
3: be my lover.
0: The world's greatest athlete and newest member of the Dangerous Alliance,
4: the world's TV champion, stunning Steve Austin.
3: Nothing
0: left
1: alive but a pair of glassy eyes,
0: Raise my feelings one more time. Please welcome one of Sting's best friends and a little stinger himself, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful Bobby V.
1: It's not an army, it's
4: not a stable,
0: and it's not a family. It's an alliance of businessmen who will bring WCW down to its knees.
2: North-South Connection, welcome to episode number nine of the 7 Months of Danger podcast. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and we have reached a big moment in time. We are going to talk tonight about Starcade '91. The Lethal Lottery, Battle Bowl, whatever the hell you want to call it. It has multiple names. Uh, Some people might call it shit. And uh, the first one I'm going to bring in that would probably call it that is one of my co hosts, Matt Souza. How are you tonight?
1: Uh, Sean, good to be here. Uh, Good to uh, cover another pay per view. Going to be talking about uh, Battle Bowl. Battle battle Bowl, excuse me. I misspoke. Battle Bowl. Yes, a uh, battle bowel. Again, I misspoke. It's it's actually battle bowl, but uh, you know that could mean a toilet bowl too. So, uh, but uh, uh, great to be here as always. Awesome,
2: welcome, Matt. Uh, Scott Sifrit, how are you tonight?
1: I'm glad to be here. Uh,
4: as this is um, one of my favorite pay per views, unironically, um, it's like my comfort pay per view. So I'm I'm ready. To take on all comers tonight, um, drawn at random, a- of
2: course. I hold that thought, because I'm going to ask you about why it's your favorite pay per view, just not yet. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, Logan Crossland, how are you tonight, Logan?
3: Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm going to try and not be an absolute asshole throughout this podcast. <laughs> no I
2: mean that seems like a seems like a tall order, but I mean, it's, wow,
3: it's, it's very tall for sure.
2: All right, and last but certainly not least, as always with our pay per views and our clashes. We have
0: our special guest commentator, Jacob Williams. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. Happy to be with you guys. I've been enjoying the pod. i um, um, following along with you guys since the last time I was on. It's always uh, a pleasure to be here. Uh, I've been a bit surprised at how uh, I feel like you guys have been a bit down, which, again, nothing against it. I, I like that you guys are being honest because it is such a... Uh, uh, like a beloved period that uh, I'm kinda happy that you guys have you know kept it honest and have not always you know made it seem like everything's the greatest. So it's been a lot of fun to kind of see you guys' perspective. But I'm ready to get down to the to the battle bowl. Battle bow bow bow, bow bowl. We'll get to it.
1: It's just a toilet
2: bowl. Uh, how, how many times well I don't think I have to say a rack do I have to say arachnoman tonight I think do Jesus I, have I hope not. <laughs> God damn it. I hope not either he did,
0: uh, he did not make it into the lottery. No, <laughs> so, but, but,
2: but Jake, one thing you can count on is we're always going to be honest. And I think the biggest thing for all of us as we've done this podcast is it's a lot of formula. It's very formula. Like the matches have a lot of formula. Their six man has a formula. We're going to talk a lot of formula on our future episodes. Mm. It's just like back in the day when you didn't watch it back to back to back and you watched it every week, I think you forgot a lot of that stuff. Mm. But it's definitely different. It gives different perspective now. So we'll see how we go tonight and how Star 91 is. So. We're going to jump right into it. So, Star K91, December 29th, 1991. We do have no um, we have no Meltzer notes tonight, so um, we are clear and free of that, um, which is pretty good because Meltzer didn't really plug this pay-per-view at all, just like the TV of WCW didn't either. We're just kind of here. Here it is. Um, we have 40 stars and tag bouts, uh, random and 10 tag ma- uh, 10, uh, 10 tag team matches, 20 men will advance to batable into a double ring. Um, so Schiff, I will start with you first. You said this is one of your all-time favorite shows. So could you explain to us why? It's
4: just been like a comfort pay-per-view for me. Like I can put this on at any time and just watch it through. I, um, I, I don't like I owned it on VHS and I just remember watching it so much um, when it was on when you know, the network got added all those years ago. Uh th- Think about that. Like, it, I think it was like eight years now for the network. I it was one of the first pay-per-views that I put on. I, I just love it. Um I think because, like, uh, I'm a big Sting fan and, like, he's standing tall at the end of this pay-per-view because the story of the pay-per-view sort of revolves around him and Luger. And this is, like, the last time we see Luger actually until Super Brawl for the most part. So, like, you know, and I think... Like, JR is just amazing on this night, especially at the end of the Battle Royal with Sting and Luger, and it also has one of my funniest moments, which we'll get to with the Battle Royal, which has tripped me out even since I was a little kid, but we'll we'll get to that. All and also, right. it's, just, it's just different with, like, you truly believe, and with the B&WCW,
2: the pairings may be random. Um I, I don't know, man. Well, we were joking before we started recording one of the pairings with Justin Liger. In my opinion, it probably is, it has to be random because there's no way you like purposely would book that, I would imagine. But, uh, Sousa, I'll go to you. So, unlike Shift, this is one of your least favorite shows
1: based on what I've heard. So,
2: what is your thought on this show before you so, jump into it?
1: So – First of all, I'm not the biggest fan of the Battle Bowl concept to begin with. I think it's a concept that's much better in theory than it is in practice. I just think a lot of the matches are kind of middling and, and you know, there's no real stakes or anything to them. But the bulk of my issues with the Battle Bowl concept lie with Starcade 91. Like, I think Starcade 92 kind of nails uh, what they should do with this formula. Like, my biggest problem with uh, Starcade 91 is that the entire show is Battle Bowl and this is your biggest show of the year and you don't have like a world title match a tag title match anything like that especially when you factor in that this is one of Luger's last dates on his contract and he's got one foot out the door and to not even one not even have him wrestle a singles match but not defend the title or anything like that i just think it's real dumb so yeah that's that's kind of where i lie with it like this whole show would have made more sense to me Like if the winner of the entire Battle Bowl thing gets a title shot against Lex Luger, like the same night, like you say, like they say, Lex Luger, uh, you know, Lex Luger is going to defend the title at Starcade against the winner of Battle Bowl, something like that. Then this whole show would have made more sense to me. So like if they had closed the show with what they closed it with, except it was a world title match and that's what it was. That's what it was. Bingo. If there was some form of stakes to it besides, you know, ooh, I, I got a shiny ring. <laughs> What's wrong with the battle Bowl ring? It's a ring. Who cares? <laughs> All right. Oh, it's a ring. All right, uh, <coughs> Logan. Uh, before
2: I ask you about uh, this pay per view, and don't get—I pre- mean, your you know opinion of it uh, in terms of the show itself. Um, what were our? What is our uh, worst match and our best match that we've watched so far? Nine episodes in at this point.
3: Uh, Austin champion is our worst match uh, from last episode, actually. And then our best match is still Rhodes and Steamboat versus the Enforcers from Clash of the Champions.
2: All right. Um, Austin and Champion probably never to be repeated. And <laughs> I don't think that one from the Clash will be tonight either. So I think we're in pretty safe stone tonight. Um, so, Logan, uh, your thoughts on Star K-91. When did you first watch it? What were your initial thoughts before we get into it again tonight?
3: Yeah, I think... I think I watched it when the network came out. I kind of went through all the WCW pay-per-views because obviously I'd never really seen many or a ton of them. I'd seen a few uh, beforehand, but I hadn't seen very many, but I just went through them, watched it then. Um, you know, I, I don't hate Battle Bowl. I won't say it's my favorite concept, but uh, I do enjoy some of the uh, some, some of them that have happened through history, but um, this is definitely not the best, I'd say. But we'll talk about more more of it as we go.
2: Okay, and last but certainly not least, Jake, your thoughts. Um, when did you first watch it? What did you initially think about it before we talk
0: about it tonight? Yeah, like Logan, I was a drooling, snotty baby at the time, so I didn't watch a live, obviously. <laughs> but I, um, no, I wasn't
3: even born uh, yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I was born, but um, only for a short time. I'd only been on this earth for a short time. But, uh, yeah, I had watched it later on once the network came out and everything. But I'm of the mind where it's like – like chef's opinion like i kind of wanted to because like to me the, the obvious like wwf comp is survivor series and you kind of feel like that's what they're going for but the missteps are like one like uh like matt said is putting it as starrcade i think is a, a misstep on their part because that's like your biggest show i think if it was just some random show which they eventually kind of move it to like slamboree or whatever but like right. if it was just like a one-off b show i don't think it would maybe be as harshly remembered but it, it makes people feel like they're getting cheated out of a Starcade almost when you put Battle Ball at Starcade, So that's kind of putting them behind the eight ball there. And I just think it doesn't play to their strengths. Like, to me, the strength of WCW is you have all these people who can kind of go in the ring and just have good matches and stuff. And I don't think that they're behind the seat. Like, they don't have, like, I don't feel like they have, like, events or somebody who's so detail-oriented with storyline stuff. Because I feel like for this to work and really hit – Like, you would have to really be meticulous in the way you book it and, like, try and set up little angles. We'll see. They do a little bit of it, but um, there's just not enough oomph to, like, the – like, the novelty is these odd pairings, but they don't really do a whole lot with a lot of the odd pairings throughout the show. And, like, like a couple guys already mentioned, it makes the show come off as kind of flat. Like, I just don't feel like they put enough thought into what they were doing to make this work, and it just kind of makes the show – not land as good as maybe it could have been if they would have like really put a lot of energy into meticulously booking it but i just don't think that's how they operated really
2: yeah i and i agree i agree with a little bit of everything you guys have said so i think matt was it you that said 92 seemed to hit 92 for me is a very good start kate i mean you got mm-hmm. the title matches um there's a banger tag team there's banger tag team matches on a start k92 is very good Jake, to your point, a one-off pay-per-view, they did that in ninety-three, which I think we covered on chicken salad at one point, right, Logan?
3: We did. That's correct. Yeah. And we we kind of shockingly enjoyed it from what I remember.
2: We did. We I did shockingly enjoy it. Um, I one of these days I'm gonna have to do a pod where we actually get to do start K92 because I don't think that's pay-per-view's talked about enough. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. And you know, I was so I was 18 when this came out. I had graduated that past summer. Um, I was watching WCW, and I, th- I thought this was initially going to be a cool concept. Like, for me, when I went into it, I was like, man, they got all these stars. Like, if you think about it, you got Sting, you got Steamboat, you got Vader, you got the Steiners. And I'm like, man, they can't go wrong in what they're going to do. they uh, My hope was they were going to book it where they took all the best of the best, intermingled them <laughs> together in terms of, like, these off pairings. But it was also going to be the top stars. Well, unfortunately, that's not what we get tonight. And I think that's why it kind of blows up in their face a little bit. So um, it was the exact opposite. So I'm kind of like you and I watch it and I'm watching it at the end. I'm like, all right, obviously they're building the sting and Luger. And that's pretty cool because, you know, Luger attacked them at the clash. And, you know, that's the one where we, I mean, Jake was on where we were making fun of Sting for being such a dumbass. But it kind <laughs> of continues, continues that story tonight. A little bit at the end, which we'll talk about when we get to the actual Battle Bowl itself. So uh, let me jump right into this first. So your hosts tonight are Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone. Uh, The opening has all the wrestlers on stage. And I love that, like the stage, like there's just like no context. It's like these little (laughs) firecrackers with smoke that go off. Like,
3: so dark, there's and no, one, one so is it directly in front of Luger, and he's like holding his
2: hand up,
1: which yeah. blinding him.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's like no budget. It's like they went to the fireworks stand on July. Damn 4th.
1: shame it didn't blow Luger's ass up.
2: <laughs> Stop it! So, literally, it's no budget. Literally, they went to the fireworks stand in July and they held on to it to December so they could use it for this pay per view. That's how bad it was. Awful. Um, Eric, so. We're going to kick it right off. So, Eric Bischoff, Missy Hyatt, Magnum TA, draw the dance for tag teams at random. And there are several times throughout this show Mm -hmm. where there are awkward pauses while on them and they look at each other smiling and looking absolutely stupid. So, Jake, I'll let you talk to that because you actually put that up in our group chat. I fucking died laughing the first time this happened. Like Bischoff's on there with his little cheesy Ken doll face. Missy and TA are looking at each other
0: with a goofy awkward smile It's like literally like almost a minute of just awkwardness. So Right. I was like I was, like, I was blowing up the chat because it was like obsessed with this. I could not believe it's like they're done talking and they're like, all right, we're done. And then like the camera forever, like they lay on him for too long and they don't know what to do. And like they just start looking awkwardly. And Eric Bischoff at this point is just like the biggest cornball. So he just has this mm-hmm. like shitting grin on his face the entire time. Missy looks like she just wants to be literally anywhere else in the world. She looks so so checked out. And then Magnum just like standing there. It's yeah, it's very uncomfortable at several points. They, you could feel them like trying to make the director cut to something else with their mind. Like they're just trying to focus like psychic energy to get the camera away. They feel so uncomfortable. It was, but I, you got it. But it brought the laughs like
2: immediately out of the gate. I was mm-hmm. dying laughing. It was great. I assume Logan and Chip and, all, and uh, Matt, you guys all felt the same way about that.
1: Yeah. Uh, great deer in the headlights acting by everybody there. All right, cool. Go ahead, Logan.
3: No, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, T.A., T- I'm, I'm, I'm like Jake with was with uh, Missy. I feel like T.A. could have really been anywhere else, and he would have been twice as happy as he was being up there. So,
2: Yeah, I, I imagine like they could have had a chair or something for T.A., and he's just got to stand there and look awkward, and he's up there, you know, that's the say. <laughs> <laughs> well, but,
1: well especially,
2: especially with his leg, Jesus. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I wasn't trying to make a joke about it, but think about it. The guy's on freaking, like, Right. You know, he can't walk if he's gotta sit there and stand awkward. I mean, really? I mean Schiff, uh anything you'd like to say since this is your favorite show of all time.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh Bischoff he's always kinda like that goofy look like he it's like he never gets used to being on camera. Like I would say even like in the when he was in WCW uh as the NWO, like with the NWO and with um like he always has like that weird shit eating grin that makes you want to punch him. But uh, they said that TA was brought back for the night to be like the commissioner, which is something I'd never <laughs> noticed before. And it also makes sense because Dusty is back in charge and TA is his boy. Because um, I, I, be- I believe, um, I'll have to double check this, that Battle Bowl was Dusty's creation. Like, because he's back it, from was, w- it, it was his creation, correct. Oh, yeah.
1: Dusty, what are you doing?
4: So, like, you know, TA is back, um, you know has some power because Dusty has some power again, but no. um, Yeah, it was, it was just a rough and it's, it's just awkward, but that's what WCW was. It was never known to be the most polished uh, TV show.
2: All right. So uh, I'll start talking about some of these other matches that I know we've all watched, but we're not going to really go in detail on uh, because the majority of these matches absolutely suck. So our opening match, (laughs) (laughs) this opening match is something. Imagine opening the show with us. Michael P.S. Hayes and Tracy Smothers taking on Jimmy Garvin and Marcus Alexander Bagwell. So, obviously, the Freebirds are a podcast uh, non-favorite. Um, and really, basically, the bottom line of this whole match was the Freebirds are reluctant to fight, so they do a lot of strutting. And while the Birds argue, Bagwell pins Smothers with a fisherman's suplex at 12.45, and then the Freebirds make up at the end. So, um, Matt, would you like to say anything about this match? I know, again, I didn't have you watch it, but do you remember this match? And I'm sure you hated it as much as...
1: Anything. Uh, the t- t- 12 minutes and 45 seconds is almost certainly too long for a match involving Michael Hayes, Jimmy Garvin, <laughs> Marcus Bagwell, and Tracy Smothers. Yes. 12, 1245 for the opening. Uh Shift, since
2: it's your favorite show, one of the hottest openers ever in interview <laughs> history or Bad Street Atlanta GA. Ah, <laughs> Jesus. I uh,
4: love that he wasn't parroting the um the Atlanta Tomahawk cho- chopless chop list, time. It's probably because they weren't in uh, Atlanta, but they were in uh Norfolk, Virginia. Norfolk. Mm. That's Norfolk.
2: Norfolk. 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 <laughs> uh, Logan, any anything else to add to this awesome opener?
3: Oh I did watch this match because I had the idea at the beginning of the show that I was going to watch the whole show. No, it's awful. It's very terrible and very not good. So,
2: yeah. All right, Jake, Move any on. thoughts? Did you watch yeah. I don't know if you watched it or not but any
1: thoughts?
0: I've seen it before, but I, the strutting thing, it's kind of like the uh the anti like um you know, demolition and the rumble going after each other. So instead yeah. of this, they just start strutting like a bunch of goobs.
2: What a great comparison. <laughs> <laughs> like <the>
0: antithesis, <laughs> like two tough guys beating each other up. So these goobers just start strutting.
2: <laughs> I love that you brought that up. Cause I remember when demolition came out for the rumble, how freaking much I popped and was waiting for it. And now you bring up this pre doing the same thing. And it just totally puts it on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> so great. All right. Our second match that we, not watch, or we did, but we're not going to talk about. Jusin Liger, the, the Japanese sensation who is here, and at this point in time had already won the uh, WCW light heavyweight title, but we'll talk about that on our next show. Comes in from Japan to team up with the world's strongest man, Bill Kazmeier, and their opponents are Mike Graham and Diamond Dallas Page. Um, yeah, and uh, so Kazmeier basically tosses Liger on the page for the win, 13 fucking minutes for this match. Uh, Logan, anything to say about this one?
3: Yeah, I only watched a little bit of this one, so I, I can't say as much. But just, like, what an array of talent in this match. I mean, <laughs> you have probably one of the best guys from Japan at this point, And then you have the talentless hack Bill Kazmaier, as his teammate. <laughs> and then uh, the... The fucking sieve of entertainment Mike Graham and a young <laughs> and a young in the business Diamond Dallas Page so I mean just just a just a complete complete mess of a of a I, of a, I you love go. you said
2: young in the business Diamond Dallas Page and he's like 70 in this match yeah I know
3: <laughs> that's why I said young in the business <laughs>
2: uh, uh Matt anything on this stellar second match of the night Jesus.
1: What a dream team. Jushin Liger and Bill Kazmaier. Who would have thought? You know, they should have given them a tag title run. Hey, Kazmaier
4: had just been challenging for the world title. That tells you 1991
1: WCW. Yeah. Good God almighty. Again, uh, much too. 13 minutes. Jesus Christ. See, this is part of the problem with this show is that every – most of the matches are long as hell. And I think that's part of the issue is that a lot of them are long as hell. And because they are seemingly random, they're also kind of heatless. So, yeah, I – (laughs) yeah. All
2: right. uh, Jake, any thoughts on this one?
0: Yeah, I was going to say pretty much what Matt said. Like um, you mentioned earlier, Sean, like not utilizing the talent well – like, Jush and Liger being kind of wasted in this. Like, at least you're going to use all these, like, schlubs. Just put them all in the first few matches and have them all go, like, four minutes. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, but like you guys said, having everything have to go at least 12 to 15 minutes is it, it's not a good not a good decision. Yeah. And, uh, Schiff,
2: once again, your favorite pay-per-view of all time when we're off to two great <laughs> matches to start. What do you think?
4: Mike Cram sucks. He was sandbagging for Liger the whole time to try to make
2: him look bad because
4: that little mental midget couldn't do shit if it was outside (laughs) the state of Florida.
2: (laughs) My goodness. That's quite the take. That's quite the take. All right. um, Our next match of the evening. I mean, again, these are all out of order, and then we'll talk about the Dangerous Alliance matches uh, when we get into that. But uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the Patriot Todd Champion versus Cactus Jack and Buddy Lee Parker. Uh, Parker ends up getting pinned after Steamboat hits him with the flying crossbody. So imagine this: you have a Casmire match, a Freebirds match that goes 12:45 and 13 minutes. You have a Steamboat match and a Cactus Jack match that goes seven and seven minutes. So, Logan, right. what do you think? What about this?
3: Well, uh, Buddy Lee Parker gets uh, murdered by uh, <laughs> absolute butcher funny. in mm-hmm. the back in the backstage before this match. So that was that was great. Uh, he gets absolutely mauled in the back because he's. Abdullah at this point is trying to help cactus or i don't even know that 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 storyline gets so confusing throughout the night oh don't
2: worry we'll get to cover that over the next few episodes it'll be a lot of fun yes i
3: will will shit upon the other half of that uh later (laughs) but but yeah this match was a pretty much all storyline like cactus wrestles the whole match by himself and then buddy lee comes at the end and uh loses because he got his ass kicked in the back so
2: (laughs) all right jake any thoughts on this one
0: Yeah, I do like the novelty in this one of, like, steamboat and cactus in there. It's kind of a fun little, like, pairing off. But, like you mentioned, it only gets, like, eight minutes compared to, you know, all the other bullshit getting, like, 15 minutes is baffling.
2: Imagine, again, I can't understand why you would have a liger or a steamboat. Like, I just don't know how you, like, do you guys, let let me ask an honest question. Do you legit think this was a random drawing, or do you really think they booked this shit? I guess that's what I'm trying to figure out. I think with, like, the
4: main story matches, like, we'll see with the DA and Mm -hmm. with uh, Sting's match, they had that stuff, like, set up. But with with this, like, with these random matches, it's like, I don't think so. (laughs) Like, I think they were, like... All right, maybe like, oh, it'd be cool with the free birds. All right, well, we'll figure, we'll just draw the other two people. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if Sean mentioned this. And if you did, Sean, I'm sorry. They had the heel and baby face locker room on camera. So you yeah. could see the live action and when people get their names drawn. Oh, I I'll I bring,
1: it,
2: I'll, don't worry, I'll bring that up when we get to the Austin Reed tag team match. Cause that one starts off with a banger when they draw. So we'll start, we'll talk about it when we get to that. Okay. Uh, yeah. So anyway,
1: this is, yeah. Uh. uh Matt, anything? Uh, it's a Todd champion match. So naturally it sucks.
2: All right. That's all you got to say. And, uh,
4: shift. It's a fun story. As Logan said, with like Abdullah getting pissed off that he's not, uh, tag partners with cactus. So he beats the piss out of buddy Landell and buddy Landell army crawl into the ring just for cactus. I didn't even watch the match on on this thing. I I just remember it off of memory. A cactus like tagging him in and throwing him into the ring, just for Ricky the Dragon Steamboat to get him. I, it just makes me laugh because they were trying they were trying to make uh it seemed like they were trying to make Adula be like Kamala where he's like the village idiot, in certain ways. All right, so three star match for you this one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Love the no, love the no cell, <laughs> fucking perfect. All
2: right, moving on. Beautiful. All right, moving on. Next <laughs> match.
1: This next one, Big Van
2: Vader and uh, Mister Hughes. Okay, so not bad, right? Versus Rick Steiner, again, not too bad. Uh, and the Night Stalker. Uh, who can tell me who the Night Stalker is?
4: It's Brian Clark, Adam Baum. It is
2: Adam Baum, the Night Stalker. So the uh, this match goes five minutes. And basically, uh, the night, squ- night Stalker gets uh, demolished by a Vader splash, and Vader and uh, Mr. Hughes move on and may become a regular tag team uh, as we move on in the uh, in the future anyway. So,
1: uh, Matt, anything on this one? Uh, w- there was It was a uh, very chronic beating on the Night
0: Stalker. Chronic.
2: Yes. Chronic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a great mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Jake?
0: I did not rewatch this one. I don't have many memories on it, so...
2: I don't. I don't know why you would. I mean, the Night Stalker is an all-time great gimmick. <laughs> why you would watch this? match like. I just
0: like, uh, <laughs> like calling Mr. Hughes Mr. Huge. Mm. <laughs>
2: Mr. Huge.
3: All
0: right. I like. Uh, uh, I like
2: Logan. the Day Stalker better. <laughs> Logan, anything on this one, or you just want to move on and make me send it to Shift for his three-star rating again?
3: Yeah, let, let, let's move on to Shift's uh, glowing <sighs> right. praise.
2: Shift, anything you would like to say about this five-star classic?
3: No, because Brian Clark sucks.
2: All right. Oh. How dare you? How dare you? Well, let's talk about someone who does suck. So we have uh, the word that Sean cannot pronounce, Arachnaman. And Johnny, oh, I said it right. And Johnny B. Bad uh, ended up getting their asses handed to them by one Scott Steiner and Firebreaker Chip. I am not going to ask anybody's opinion on it because I'm sure the match sucked ass. And uh, the final match of the night before we talk about our main ones, Ron Simmons and Thomas Rich defeat PN News and Scott Armstrong. Shiff, anything you'd like to say about that one? Yeah, even when I was a little kid, I fast forwarded through this match. All right. Um, I assume nobody else wants to speak of that match, so we can just jump right into what we want to talk about, correct? Yeah, mm. if Shift buried it, that's
0: not a good question for anyone else. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> All right. I, I am I am sad to see P and News not make it to Battle Bowl, as as we've kind of gloated, yeah. gloated about him in the last few episodes that we've talked about him with.
2: Yeah, he's been yeah he's been very good, very good um, on this watch. So, all right, so our first match we're going to talk about tonight in detail is our uh, first two members of our alliance is Study Steve Austin and Ravishy McRude. They happen to get drawn together as a team. Unfortunately, their opponents are Big Josh and One Van Hammers who are continuing this great uh, random draw. So uh, this would actually be the second match of the night. Uh, one of the ways they started off, which popped the shit out of me, they call Rude's name. And Rude didn't hear it in the locker room at first. And then Missy, Missy T.A. and Eric again just stayed in there looking clueless. And Tony <laughs> tries to cover it up, which was absolutely amazing. I'll let you guys talk about that after I go through the match. Um, so basically, uh, more wonderful Austin booking, as you know, on this show. Uh, Steve Austin booking has been absolute shit. But it's kind of the same here where Hammer just basically cuts him off at every corner. Uh, Rude eventually tags in. And the thought I had in my mind initially was if when he left WWF feuding with Jake Roberts or maybe me in the first Survivor Series main event, if one day he dreamed of being in the ring with Van Hammer at Starcade, I mean, I would think everybody would uh, want to be in that at that point. Um, when Rude is in, he does dominate Hammer. Josh uh, is another story because when he's tagged in, he scoop power slams clothes clotheslines him multiple times. He knocks the heel's head together. He just gets a lot of shine. And I think we said it before, it's a shame Matt Bourne didn't get a better run in this versus being great value Paul Bunyan. Because he's really, really good um, when it comes to the wrestling. I think he could have been a top face here um, for sure. Uh, the heels end up tagging in and out to work over Josh a bit. And then uh, Paul distracts the ref as Austin to Rude double-team. And then Rude smacks his hand behind the rest back to make it sound like a tag, which I thought was a nice little detail there from a heel standpoint. There's a very long rear chin lock by Austin. They pan to five fans clapping in the crowd. But when you go back to the ring, you see absolutely no one moving. They're all sitting and look absolutely bored. At one point, Paul helps Austin choke Josh on the ropes in front of the ref, who pretends to turn his head, is not to see it, and looked absolutely ridiculous. Hammer finally comes in. There's a power slam to Austin, belly to back, and a flying shoulder block. Um, And then there's all four in the ring. The ref pushes Josh to his corner. Austin tags Rude discreetly on a rope throw, and Rude hits an unknowing hammer with a Rude awakening for three. Uh, This was 14 minutes of absolute boredom. Um, Again, I thought Austin looked very green and blotomy, and this should have been a tag team This should have been like a tag team match or one of their syndicated shows, not a fucking Starcade. I went one star in this match. I hated it. Matt, I'll go to you first.
1: Yeah, uh, super fucking boring match. 14 minutes, way too long. The heat segment would not fucking end. Uh, I I thought it was halfway decent when Big Josh was in the match, but I thought it absolutely sucked whenever Van Hammer was in it. Van Hammer is fucking terrible. I need to tell you this because it's true. Van Hammer sucks, and somehow he kept a job in WCW for 10 fucking years. It's a crime against humanity. He's always sucked. He always will suck. Uh, Yeah, uh, not much here way too long uh yeah uh again once again uh van hammer sucks so i i went i i somehow went a star and a half i don't know how that happened good god really i'll, I'll go i'll uh that's what my notes say so let's go with that star and a half wow star and
2: a half wow um <laughs> i'll say i'm gonna say shift for last on all of these because, <laughs> um jake what did you think of it? what a dick
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i would have and a half which i'll mind you is the equivalent uh of a three out of ten on a 10-point uh, scale. Just to, I, I
1: guess we should go fuck ourselves, Jake. Uh,
0: not a glowing rating. Just want to point that out. Uh, um, but, yeah, it was real flat. Like, um, you know, I feel like I, I read some reviews just going in this because I was just looking at what people online have said. And, like, I kind of tell when people are just kind of had their own biases because a lot of the reviews I looked at for this match were oh. like, oh, yeah, Austin and Rude were at least good in it. But they're not. They're really not good in this match. Like, Rude oh. isn't either. Like, he's clearly mailing it in. He goes to a lot of, like, chin locks and stuff. He's really, I mean, he does a, cool, a couple good moves in here, but like he's certainly not bringing his A game. Like he definitely has the feeling of like, look, I'm just going out here doing this fucking tag match for 15 minutes, getting my paycheck. Like he's really not very motivated here. Uh, again, with all the, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but the tights on Austin are just so, and I know it's like of the time, but they look very jobbery. I think that's part of his issue right now, too, is that he doesn't look and ring like great. His presentation is not the greatest. Um, uh, yeah, Van Hammer, it's – I thought, too, this is like a, the W, the negative sometimes of the WCW style where you have a guy like Van Hammer feeling the need to, like, do mat wrestling. Like, we don't need Van Hammer, like, working wrist locks. Like, uh, JR tells at one point, like, he's doing a crappy wrist lock, and uh, he's like, Hammer's keeping it very elementary. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll say. But, you know, like, they, there's this need for, like, every guy to be able to be, like, a wrestler's wrestler. And it's like, no, you need – a guy like Van Hammer just should come in and do, like – his three moves or whatever. Like you didn't be trying to like do catches, catch can wrestling. It's ridiculous. But yeah, they didn't build a lot of momentum. And I'm with Matt. I thought Big Josh of all of them had the most shine in this match. Like he's great. It, Matt Bourne is
2: he awesome. was
0: like the star of this match, even more than Austin Arood for sure. Like he was the one positive out of the whole match, even though his his jeans have like a weird light spot on the crotch, which I'm not really sure what's going on there. <laughs> I don't know if have noticed my. that. But... Wow. Yeah, yeah, like he, is, he much... really
2: is Big Josh.
0: yeah it's it's lighter it's much lighter than the rest of his jeans but yeah what yeah very ho-hum again i want a star and a half on it so i guess i'll go fuck myself with matt but i certainly no, it's fine let's go
2: no i i didn't think was anything
0: just yeah super flat definitely a flat uh match
2: all right uh thank you jake uh logan your thoughts
3: he bleached that spot on his jeans, if you know what I mean. That's mm. why I was a little, a little lighter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to continue the fucking of ourselves and go one and a half as well. Um, but uh, Van Hammer comes out looking in this match like the kicker from the replacements. I thought he had a very uh, kicker from the replacements vibe when he walked out. Um <laughs> how lucky that Rude and Austin happened to get paired together. Uh, this is one of those that I think was kind of storyline driven where they kinda, you know, they paired them together so it would be convenient, you know. Um while while I think others maybe have been random later. Um knowing how lame Austin's been lately, I kind of feel bad for Rude. I think Rude should probably do his best to stay in the ring as much as possible throughout this match. Um the Alliance do work over Hammer for a pretty good bit, and I, you know, they they have them in rest holds and uh, chin locks on that kind of stuff i do think i like everybody else has said josh is by the highlight of this match i just don't think rude and austin really care to be in this tag match you know especially rude i think he's just kind of coasting along um but i do like josh coming in with a lot of fire lighting up rude and austin i love the little log roll little step thing that he does it's so ridiculous looking <laughs> um when uh josh comes in Ah, uh, he hits Rude in the abs, and Rude actually no sells it because he's so strong in that area of his body, which is absolutely absurd. <laughs> um, he actually gets a a good cheap cut in uh, to get the momentum back for Josh when he's uh, kind of getting it giving it to them um i i really liked they worked over josh for a little bit um and paulie actually gets kind of pulled into the ropes at one point and squished in the ropes and that's how uh, josh is able to get the momentum back but uh a little really good sneak win at the end for the dangerous alliance with the uh, rude awakening but yeah like i said i went one and a half
2: all right so one one star and three one and a half uh shift close this one out for us please
4: uh, as you guys said about Big Josh, yeah, he looked really good in this match um, without the stupid-ass gimmick where eventually he has Bears bring him to the ring. Um, I think he would have been better in WCW. Um, there was, yeah, like how you guys said, they were basically saying how Van Hammer was a terrible wrestler with how like he does like the basic stuff. Um, that's like my first note here is Van Hammer sucks. Um I loved how the DA any combination that you see they work together they work well together as a team, and I thought that was very nice. Um, I love Drew just hitting in the root awakening and no not, nothing happening. I, basically, what what you guys all mentioned. I I'm the high man. I went a star in three quarters.
2: Uh, I mean that's not too far off, Jeff. I can forget that's that's an okay rating.
4: Yeah, so that that's where I'm at. Um, but it was just to show off the DA and show like, oh, we now have two of the five members have advanced to um, the Battle Royal.
2: All right, so Logan, so the battle, the battle bow. Uh, so Logan, what is uh, the total <laughs> ranking uh, rated on that match?
3: <laughs> Give me just one second. Oh, you're usually uh, out a draw. weird number. Yeah, I'm usually Please. ready. I'm sorry. Um, one point four five. Sorry.
2: All right, stellar rating for that match. All right, moving on. We're going to go to our
3: second <laughs> match.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> go to our second <laughs> match of the night. Uh, Dustin Rhodes. And or Ricky Morton, who uh, Jake, uh, Jake was talking Morton. about. R- Richard oh, I'm Morton, sorry. please. Richard Morton. I was I was just thinking about pre-recording pre Jake talking about the son of Morton. That
0: guy was just getting to get yes. that out of my head. I saw him um, recently live at the incredible NWA show. Probably, <laughs> if on, he,
2: faced, but,
0: face, he faced homicide, the match would have fit right here, right in on the uh, battle ball <laughs> card.
2: Well, it would seem appropriate that we would have a Morton in that show and this show, Jake, based on how great these shows are. But anyway... Uh, it's Rhodes and Morton taking on my personal favorite, Larry's Abisco, and El Higante. And for the life of me, guys, I don't think we talked about El Higante once on this entire run of this show, have we? <laughs> Not yet. Can't now. imagine why. I know, but where the this fuck? That's the, right? the beauty like of the battle bowl, Sean. I know. it's the beauty of battle bowl. So this is match three of the night. Um, so <laughs> Larry and Higante immediately, uh, like I'm just popping the comedy of errors this could bring. Uh, Medusa, uh, for me, she looks like my 1991 prom date with her one shoulder ruffle on her dress, Jeez. uh, because that's what my prom date looked like. Larry stayed in the middle of turnbuckle. How she, much did you
4: pay for that prom date?
2: I didn't pay for, well, I didn't pay wow. for it at all. That's what you looked like back in 91 when you were 18, chef. Unfortunately. Um, I mean, I did buy, I did buy her dinner and a pack of smokes if that helps <laughs>
3: Bought her a pack of smokes. Good God! Uh the nineties. Larry is standing in the middle.
2: What was, of what was the dinner? Uh, oh, I took her to some <laughs> nice steak. I took her to some nice steak place. And then bought a pack of Marlboro Reds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it was. I think it was Marlboro Mediums actually. Un- yes. Oh
1: show. Jesus!
2: No, I, sm- <laughs> I, I no Marlboro Mediums. So therefore, she had to as well. See, that's what we did. I bought her a pack of smokes, but they were Mediums, so I could bum her off for later. Um, all right, moving on. So uh, Larry is standing in the middle turnbuckle to see Higante eye to eye, which I thought was very funny. Tony basically lies to us and says he would want El Higante as his partner. Uh, I legit forgot Higante was still around at this point because, like I said, he's been such a non-factor since sending Sid packing in Super Brawl One. By the way, think through that. El Higante ended Sid's WCW career. Before he went to the W imagine that elegante beats it. And that was a stretcher match, I believe. Correct. And it was like two minutes long. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Um, as always for me, Larry's verbal cues in every wrestling move are five star, um, as well as him yelling at Higante to beat up Dustin. Higante <laughs> basically hits two body slams tags out. Larry works over Dustin with a slam and a neck breaker, then a spinning kick to the gut, which I love. And I know you guys hate, but I always pop when he does that because he just looks like this 80 year old man doing a spin kick, which I think is great. Uh, Larry yells for Agante me, and Agante ignores him. Larry then tosses Dustin on a bulldog attempt. He tags Agante and yells at him to get him. And then he slaps Agante. Agante throws him back in and throws Larry into a double drop kick by Morton and Dustin for the three. Um, so I thought Larry was very funny in this match. I thought he's great at shit talking. He sucks at wrestling. Um, and I'm also glad that they've been building this cruncher gimmick and his feud with Wyndham only for him to get for, look like a fucking idiot. I went uh, three-quarters of a star on this. This match was awful, but always five-star Larry on the verbals for me. I love Larry Zabisco on this show. Uh, Jake, I'll go to you first. What What'd you think?
0: Yeah, similar. I, I thought this could have worked a little better. Maybe if they would have let the match go a little longer and built some heat to when uh, <laughs> El Gigante is going to turn on him. But I guess there's not enough. Uh, between Larry and and him, there's not really much wrestling that can be done. So, uh, but yeah, I love Larry. Every time he takes any kind of bump, he's like, oof, ooh. like <laughs> anytime he bumps, uh, <laughs> I love Jr. The, the funniest thing throughout the show, it's like a running thing, is you have all these goofy ass pairings. Like Jr. is always so dry, so he has to be like mr like dry sports commentator he's like well i'm already worried about the communication issues you're gonna see here between zabisco and gigante (laughs) like he has to play it so straight so ridiculous uh larry larry's like such an idiot because like he's so obsessed with bitching at gigante that he can't get in like he's in the ring for three seconds and he just goes back to the corner (laughs) start complaining like he doesn't accomplish anything uh I love when he screams bloody murder running into the ropes. Like, they did a crisscross spot. He's just is screaming for no reason. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot happened in the match. But I- I'm kind of with you, Sean. I want to have to start just with the novelty of Larry <laughs> complaining to El Gigante. But uh, not a whole lot as far as an actual match uh, to speak of here.
3: All right. Uh, Logan, how about you? I-, I shared in your Larry love. And I actually I actually went, went one on it. Uh... I mean, I, I didn't really think it was great shakes either. Uh, I thought this was the like biggest style mismatch of any match throughout the night in that Rhodes and Morton are actually good wrestlers and their opponents are not good wrestlers. So, <laughs> um, But uh, Larry's constant yelling is great. Um, Morton running it, running for, for the tag as soon as Gigante got kicked, or got tagged in for the first time was hilarious. Um, it's really amazing that Gigante is that much bigger than Dustin Rhodes because Dustin Rhodes is a big motherfucker. So it's kind of amazing to see them kind of stand next to each other and how much bigger he is. Um, And then I I love, I love you got to talk or turning on Larry at the end and it was very fitting uh, for him having yelled at him the entire match. And then uh, I thought it was pretty hilarious to see at the same time. But yeah, I went one just because I love Larry.
1: Yep. I love Larry. Matt, do you love Larry? Oh, absolutely. Uh I went uh, I went one on it too. Uh kind of out of sheer pity for these guys. A pity for Rhodes and Morton, really, because I I couldn't bring myself to give them a match lower than one. Uh Medusa I had was uh, dressed like the doll that Chase Meridian has in Batman Forever. That's what she looked like to me.
2: Okay, that's about that's 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 on point.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's
1: good. Uh, Gigante's Tights also said uh the giant on it. Uh the spelt T H E E. two two E's at the end of the e. so uh, that's uh, it's a very she- specific giant. The giant Shakespearean wow. <laughs> The Shakespearean giant. Now there's there's a gimmick that somebody should use. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this match was a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Larry was uh, pretty entertaining for it, you know, screaming through the entire five minutes that the match happened, just uh, completely ridiculous. So, uh, And it's also, pr- you probably shouldn't make a match featuring Larry on a team where he has to carry the workload in 1991. I'm just going to say that. That's probably not a good idea. But, uh, yeah, I win one star on it. All right. Shif. I think you like this match quite a bit, don't you?
2: I, I do. I, <laughs> it's, just,
4: it, it's just like so it's not for like the work rate of it. It's just I don't mm-hmm. know if Sousa between his Larry impersonation on Highway to the Impact Zone found on the Place to mm-hmm. Be podcast network or him talking like Larry here. I've now turned into a Larry fan of just how <laughs> like absurd he is.
1: I'm so lo- sorry. By the way, Larry, I didn't
2: get one Larry, like not one Larry uh, impersonation during that whole talk, Sousa. Oh, Gigante, you giant bastard. <laughs> All right, there you go. You <laughs> giant so,
4: bastard. <laughs> so I, I loved how Larry wasn't happy that Gigante was his partner, and then when they get out to the ring, he has to get on the middle turnbuckle to talk to talk to him, <laughs> which is just like these small little things that made me laugh for like no reason. And like on the initial tie-up, Larry just screams, Cut like for
2: no reason
0: right he's so angry at him yeah for nothing like he doesn't even give him a chance like <laughs>
2: i'm not gonna have to change our rating to five stars i love Larry. <laughs> and then like
4: dustin was like i love how like they, they put Giante over as a monster as, well, as a giant because like dustin was doing like a drop kick had no effect he tries to drop toe hold and no effect and like when Giante slammed dustin larry's like yelling advice and um like you know, Larry just was like, "Whatever." And then Giante was yelling at Medusa as well, as well for some reason. I don't know why, but um, I loved how like Larry, like when he put his hands on him, that's when Giante had enough and just threw him to a double drop kick. Which Ricky, don't know if you guys realized, uh, forgot he was a bad guy there and thought this was like 1986 with uh, Robert Gibson there because like he does like the finger guns and shit after they after they do the double. Drop yeah. Kick. yeah, he did. You're right. He did. So like, and then he's like, like you could see like. Him do it, and like, try to celebrate with Dustin. And it was like, "Oh shit, I'm a bad guy, and like we feuded because they brought this up during the match when uh when Morton turned heel, it was on Dustin, so and joined the York Foundation. I know way too much about ninety one to ninety two wCW, <laughs> but um, I want a star and a half on this. I think most of it, like I said, it's not for the wrestling. It's just for Larry just making me laugh. and like,
2: yeah, i could I couldn't tell you if Larry was a good or bad wrestler because he just takes <laughs> me out. so. Yeah, I, I Listen, I know we all shit on Larry quite a bit, but <laughs> I, I think ultimately we we madly love Larry, and we hope he never changes, because he brings the <laughs> comedy gold every episode, and I, he sucks in ring, but God damn it, I laugh every time he's in it. He's a true gem and a treasure in this show. Um, so Logan, what was the final tally on that one?
3: That was going to be a .95.
2: Wow, we're off to a great start <laughs> on this show. <laughs> Alright, our third match of the night is actually match five Uh, for the show. And it's kind of like a mini little horseman reunion here from uh, 87. So it's uh, Arne Anderson and our world heavy champion, world heavyweight champion Lex Luger, taking on the computerized band of the 90s, Terry Taylor. I think, is he the Taylor-made man at this point? I don't remember, but I know this is uh, around the time. And podcast not favorite, Tom Zink. Uh, So this one is very interesting to me. So this is the one where uh, Missy is still caught on audio, and she's uh, she goes, um, "Am I still on?" And you can hear her say, can "I run now."
0: Uh, and then the <laughs> I comment can I hear, "Get is, the fuck out of here!"
2: Yeah, <laughs> can, can I run out I said maybe she had to go pee, or you know, maybe perform fellatio on someone in the locker room, maybe. Oh, hey, no, uh, anyway, uh, Missy, if you're uh, listening to this, I apologize, but you're not. We're okay. Uh, Taylor is clearly <laughs> irritated that Z-Man is his partner. Um, C and Harley race talking to Arn on the apron kind of popped me a little bit. Cause there's a partners. I would, could you imagine Harley race managing Arn Anderson? Like mm. that for me, that just seems like awesome. Uh, Taylor and Z man work really well together, fighting the heels and then sending them outside. Um, C and Taylor take Luger out with something as Tony thinks Taylor is an underrated. Great. By the way, uh, the tag work by Taylor and Z man again is very good. Luger does an awesome press slam on Taylor, but Taylor, um, Gets a running snapmare and a neck neckbreaker, a lot of shine for Taylor in this. Um, and eventually, Arn is uh, finally tagged in, and again, Taylor gets a sliding pin attempt, a clothesline. Then he gets a second road splash on Arn, and then Z-Man comes in, and then he trips into ropes. Uh, he rebounds, and it is tricked by Race, and there's a great DDT by Arn, and that gives the heels an advantage. Some really good heel work here uh, by the heels. Uh, Taylor gets a super hot tag, and he actually almost pins Luger multiple times. He gets a gut wrench power bomb on Luger. Um, eventually, all four in the ring. Luger and Arn go for a double suplex, on, on, on and Zank misses a kick to Arn, which is a botch. So then he does it again, and Arn actually sells it. Taylor comes off the rope to hit his forearm, but runs into Arn and a Luger pile driver for three. So, you know, I really enjoyed this match, and the shocking thing about it is Taylor was fucking awesome in this. Um, I thought the heels bumped like hell for him. Zank, on the other hand, was sloppy, and just, he's just awful. I really enjoyed this one. I went three stars, and I think, again, we have watched a couple Taylor matches um, early on in this podcast. The 1991 Taylor, um, I don't think I've watched a bad match with him yet. He's really good, and I'll die on that mountain. I really enjoyed Terry Taylor in this match. He was a star in this one for me. Jake, I'll go to you first. What did you think? First, three stars for me.
0: Yeah, I'm a bit lower. I went two and a half, um, but I agree with you that— Uh, very good for you guys purposes doing a dangerous Alliance podcast So the people getting shine on this show are um, big Josh, Terry Taylor, like a, really <laughs> yes, the Delio dangerous Alliance really getting uh, featured yeah. a lot on the battle bowl. Um, so, but yeah, he looked the best in this. I'm with you on that show. Tony says um, it's weird. Cause I feel like they're almost trying to start push. I don't know if this is just a weird, like battle Ball anomaly or if this really was where they were going with him. but it almost seems like he's going face. Like they kind of, it's almost like they're pushing him as a well, face in this he, match.
2: He had just broken mm-hmm. up with Alexandra York, so mm-hmm. he was kind of in that middle round. I don't think they were trying to figure out where he was going to go. I mean, ultimately he stays a heel, becomes a tailor made man, and ends up teaming with Craig the Hammer Valentine. So he doesn't really go
0: much further. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, because because Tony says something like uh, it's kind of putting them over. He Says you know maybe because of the computer, Taylor Taylor is underrated, which though is funny. Like like the <laughs> computers computers holding him down. Like people think he's all computer. strange but yeah i'm with you it's it's definitely the best we've watched so far as far as in in, like in-ring stuff like good pace better energy obviously you have um you know so a decent amount of talent there it was an interesting kind of dynamic though because the way going in you would, i'm guessing the heel face thing like zinc would have been our only face going in but then they start making taylor sort of a face Mm because it's kind of played up when they come out that it's like three heels in a face correct Yes. Are reading that right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then that kind yep. of goes by the wayside because Taylor starts playing face and zinks a face. So we cut. Maybe that's why this one works okay, is because it just ends up being more of a standard kind of heel face tag match. But I ended up going two and a half. I thought it was a pretty solid match. Nothing amazing, though.
2: All right. I mean, I went again, I went higher just because I thought the, the, the Taylor shine in this match shocked the living shit out of me. And I just thought he was great in this. Uh, Matt, what did you think?
1: Yeah, uh, I-, I thought this was uh, the best match of the night, 30 seconds into it, so clearly better than the previous two matches we uh, we watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought uh, Zink tripping and running the ropes and then Arn, Arn hitting him with that <laughs> sick DDT was so great. great. That DDT yeah. was fucking incredible, and uh, credit to Zink for selling it like sweet death. I know we usually, uh, we often shit on that man, but I thought <laughs> him selling it was uh, was really well done. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you guys. I thought Taylor looked really good, and uh, now this is coming from me. I thought even Luger didn't look half bad, which coming from me uh, is uh, shocking for me to say. I'm well, shocked that I'm selling. even saying it. This right. selling
2: for Taylor and taking that fucking powerbomb? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. I agree. So we-
1: even Luger had his working boots on, which in late 1991 is not a thing that happens all that often. So, yeah, uh, I went two and three quarter on this. Uh, clearly the best match we've watched so far. Even Tony said on commentary that this was the best match so far. So well, what, that's how it really you know. hard to figure that out. It was
2: pretty – it was a slam dunk on that one. Uh, Logan, what did you think?
3: The best match we'll watch so far. It's the best match of the show. Uh, get it right. <laughs>
2: I'm going to disagree with you on that one, but we'll talk Yeah, about
3: that. well, we'll get to that. Don't <laughs> worry. Just 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 bide your time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. I thought Taylor looked great, like y'all said. Uh, I don't think they presented Luger very well because he does take a lot in this match, and you would think the world champion would, you know, get a majority of the offense and, you know, maybe tag out when he, even he was maybe look uh, losing the uh, momentum a little bit. But, yeah. Um, I started the match on a little bit of a negative, and I was like, if Zink and Taylor get any offense in this one, it'll be a shame, uh, but I'm kind of glad they did because it made for a better match. Um, there was a pretty gross knee to the spine on Luger at one point. I thought that was pretty gross-looking. Um, I said Taylor must have been blowing whoever the Freebirds have been lately. gets a lot in this match. <laughs> really? uh, so he's getting the Freebird treatment. Uh, I, I Zink has a ton of energy. Uh, And he probably could be good, but he goes way too fast sometimes and gets Mm -hmm. real sloppy. He got real sloppy throughout the uh, latter part of this match. I thought that Piledriver at the end was pretty nasty looking, and it kind of looked really bad. I didn't think he really hit it as well as he could have. Uh, But like I said, I think they really didn't present their world champion uh, like their world champion. You know, I think they were kind of getting back at him like, oh, well, if you're going to, you know, back out on us, we're going to we're going to present you we getting your ass kicked by uh, Terry Taylor. Um, but I thought the losers of the match looked a lot better in the match than the uh, winners did. But I thought it was a pretty good match, and I went three as well with you, Sean.
2: Awesome. Um And, yeah, so, uh Schiff, uh, if we went three, two and three quarters, two and a half, I imagine you liked this one quite a bit.
4: Uh Yeah, Luger looked really nice. And, like, this is the most I've seen Taylor come off as a legit threat. Um, I loved um, – like you guys said, the DDT that Arn gave to uh Z Man, which was felt like R V D like selling up an RKO. Um but I was just shocked at how much Taylor. I mean, I don't think Taylor ever could have been a main eventer, but he was always lower mid card to me, in my opinion. I know that's different with the UWF, which I've admittedly never watched, and i heard that's where he's great, but he could have been a a, a mid card here. But um I just love Luger and Arn tagging together, and they sort of have that, like, you know, we're friends vibe because, like, you know, they've said, as we discussed before, um, the DA and Luger was behind beating up Sting at the Clash of the Champions. So um, it it was nice. And I will say uh, towards the end of the match, Taylor hit a nice gun-wrench powerbomb before Luger hit the pile driver. I went three stars as well. I really thought I was going to be the hot man on that, Sean. I I was pleasantly shocked
2: by me and you tied. No, I, and Logan too, it's, it's a really good match. And if you listen, I will never say there's a Quinn, there's only two matches from a Terry Taylor that I would probably recommend. One is the one against Chris Adams and the UWF in 87. And it would probably be this one as well. Those are probably the two best Terry Taylor matches I've ever watched and probably will ever watch ever again. So um definitely go out of your way to check this one out. If you're going to check something out on this show, this one's pretty good. His
3: match from Havoc that we watched was really. really
2: oh yeah. The one with Dustin. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, you're right. So 91. T- you know, it's interesting. I wonder why like this run on Taylor, like maybe they should have put him in instead of Austin at the time because he blows Austin out of the water in terms of his work rate. I don't know. Just
3: oh God, here comes the York Foundation pod. Well, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no.
4: Not nine months of torture.
2: No, be no, no, no York Foundation pod. I'm out. <laughs> I promise that won't happen. All right, so our next match.
3: 2.85, by the way.
2: 2.85, Okay. <laughs> Uh, our next match is our last uh, proper tag team match. We're going to talk about before we get into the battle bow. Uh, it's Sting and uh, Sean Kidd favorite Abdullah the Butcher taking on Bobby Eaton and Flying Brian Pillman. So immediately in my head, I'm like, this match has the the makings of a classic because Abdullah the Butcher brings the goods every time, guys. I don't care what you say. Um, so Abdullah right out of the gate pops me with his little jog to the ring. So he's like this little bit, this like fucking little fat. He can barely move. So his feet like shuffle and he jogs in the ring and he attacks Sting with the kendo stick. Absolutely killed me. And Sting just stood there like an idiot waiting for him. Like he saw him coming. He just stood there. Uh, Pillman came flying out and attacked the Dula and attacked him with the kendo stick himself. Abdullah throws Brian off the ramp as Bobby then attacks Sting. Uh, finally in the ring, Bobby works Sting leg, but um, he backdrops Bobby out of the ring onto the ramp and then hits an the, it over the top flying uh, clothesline and drop kick on the ramp. Back in the ring, butcher attacks his own partner, allowing Bobby to get control. Abdullah drives a pencil in his Sting's throat until Pillman drop kicks Abdullah. Sting catapults Bobby over the top rope to the floor. Then Sting throws Bobby into the post. Um, into the ring. A, a Brian Pillman slams Abdullah. And the fucking cameras actually miss it while JR calls it on commentary. So for me, what a miss. Like you have this little tiny little wanker, uh, Pillman slamming Abdullah. How do you miss that, right? <laughs> um Pillman does an opposite top rope splash to Abdullah. Bobby tags the and the ref calls bullshit. Sting then hits the worst two-stone pile driver known to man, and he almost kills Bobby Eaton. <laughs> um, all four men are ring, and Abdullah does a full Nelson on Sting. His ref is busy with Pillman. Cactus Shaq comes running out with a kidney stick and hits Abdullah when Sting ducks. Sting drop kicks uh, Cactus out of the ring, he climbs the top rope, flying body press to Bobby for the three. Cactus and Bobby then fight in the crowd, which is like the most confusing feud like we've already brought up that I don't, I don't know who the face is. I don't know what to believe Then they also beat up the security, which I love. Um, the word for this one, would, the words for this one for me was fun. Very entertaining. Abdullah, the butcher is the gift that keeps on giving. I went three stars. Bobby, unfortunately, does all the work. and takes the loss. But I love this match. I went three. I, I know I'm going to get shit off for it. But go ahead, Logan. I love No, this. you won't i love this match go
3: ahead Logan. yeah yeah, as i know you won't buy anybody but me uh abdullah is an absolutely madman coming out to the ring with his big stick that he comes out with uh
1: he
3: he is on a rampage like we said earlier he had taken out a buddy lee parker for uh cactus's match before this uh i thought eaton and pillman were a hell of a team on paper if you see those two names with each other you would think you're gonna get an absolute banger of a match uh but like, I really don't think these idiots know how this pay-per-view concept worked. I don't think they understood it because uh, they constantly fight each other. Why are they fighting each other? They're supposed to be teammates. They should want to win Battle Bowl. Why are Abdul they? Abdullah the Butcher,
2: each other? he's an idiot. He well, no, I get Abdul?
3: Abdullah, but why is why is Bobby fighting, uh, Brian Pillman? Like that's, because
1: it's that's Battle said. Bowl and they it's don't care.
4: It's baby. Fa- it's because it's baby face and heels. And one thing that uh, I spoke about on Crock and Roll, which I love, which segues into this is the baby face we're all friends and that's something like wwf never did but with this like we had like sting's friends and pillman was one of sting's friends so that's that's where it was
3: but eaton should want to want to have as many dangerous alliance people in the in the battle royal. just just i'll, I'll die on the hill and it's fine <laughs> i thought this match was stupid and i thought it wasted sting eaton and pillman and I, I thought it was awful I thought it was just a abysmal mess, uh, just all around, and I went dud on it. Wow! Wow! Really? I I don't wow.
2: I don't get it. I don't get it.
3: Wow. I thought it sucked. I wow. thought it was a mess.
0: What, Jake, Jake? What did you think of this? Um, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, leaning more towards the side that I enjoyed it. Um, but I do kind of <laughs> have some. I, I uh, <laughs> but I, I do kind of <laughs> in the middle, lady. Waiting more towards um, <laughs> not giving it a dud. but uh, no, but I, I get what Logan's saying though, because like on one hand I enjoyed it because I felt like this is the, this match of all the ones we watch, I feel like like uh, like does the lethal lottery concept like justice? Because first of all, you like two fun teams, like yes. you have Eaton and Pillman who are a cool team for like you know wrestling reasons. You have Sting and Abdullah, which is just like an insane team. Like, just having Abdullah and Sting just is insane on paper. And, but, like, I like that Abdullah brings, like, the chaos to this. Like, you don't know what the hell he's... Because he kind of... He doesn't like Sting because he hits him. But then he, like, hits Pillman. So, like, he just doesn't give a shit. He's just going after all the faces. Pillman absolutely cr- cracks him in the face, though. Like, at the beginning. Like, uh, Pillman gets a stick. He just hits Abby right in the fucking head. He really like, <laughs> brutal. But the brawl in the beginning is, um, is really fun. But, like... To Logan's point, like, I like the idea. And I like what they were doing with it because, again, it just had this, like, energy and chaos that a lot of the other matches didn't, and I felt they were really using the the dynamic of all these guys to, like, try and tell a story in this, like, staying, having to face all the odds. Pillman's, like, conflicted. But to Logan's point, I think it did get a little bit too messy. Like, they maybe, like, they didn't execute it perfectly. Like, I think, like, um, like um Bobby trying to tag Abdullah was fucking stupid. Like, what are they even oh, doing? Yeah. Like, that was Like, that was goofy. So I get what Logan's saying. Like, there are a few spots in this where I don't think it was executed perfectly, but I did like what they were going for. Like, I at least appreciated that they were going for it in this match as opposed to just giving us some flat, boring-ass match like we got earlier in the show. So I did like that. So I ended up going two and a half on it, uh, but I do get Logan's criticisms. My only other thing is, like, the count at the end was so fast. Like, the ref just, it's almost like he was, um, like, they paid him off. Like, he counted so quickly. ridiculous but he's probably
2: yeah, he's probably afraid matt, that he's gonna he's probably afraid of is gonna kill him or something he just want to get yeah, out yeah, of
0: the fucking spork yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: My, my dud is out of disappointment not not because it's actually probably a bad match but it's just i'm disappointed by like jake said it should have been great considering the four guys in it so
2: it was great uh matt what did it you wasn't, think
1: it wasn't great Uh, It it was, in fact, great, uh, says I. Uh, The the thing I enjoyed most about it was uh, what Jake said, uh, the chaos of it. Weird that a guy who's on an ECW podcast likes chaotic matches, but I, I think this was super heated. I think this was the most heated thing on the show to this point. I think the crowd reacted to this match in a way that they just didn't react to any of the other matches we had watched so far to this point. And I just think, yeah, it did get a little convoluted and messy at the end. Sure. But it was even, so it was still super fun to watch. And I think fun is, uh, you know, the right description description for this match. And I also think, look, it's one of the only matches on this show that actually features a feud that we have covered in the past before, meaning, you know, Sting and Bobby. And so that makes perfect sense, given what with the uh, the Dangerous Alliance stuff going on. So uh, I also went three stars on this super fun match.
2: Nice. And uh, Schiff, close this one out. I'm sure you love this one, too.
1: Oh, God, it like
4: warms my heart so much to hear that you guys uh, besides Logan loved it. Um, no, no shade. I was, I, I, thought I was gonna be the look. I thought I was gonna be like one versus size
3: Logan,
0: who right right fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's a dud.
3: It's a dud. Uh, no You're fucking a try, i I, play I, play I don't, I don't get it. I understand.
4: Right. Hey, I've died on many a hill, so it's fine. Um, I, first off, I love Sting's face paint. Uh, like I said, he's my favorite wrestler, so you know it's, uh, yeah. But um, I loved how they were all battling in the front. And somehow they didn't bring this up, but Abdullah has a pencil and he was stabbing Sting with it. Yes, yes, he Um, was. So like he he grabbed off Ross's
3: pencil. (laughs) Yeah, he's
4: like, oh, what's he doing? And like, I just love Abdullah is just like a madman. And Bobby like straight up throws Sting into Abdullah at one point. And uh, yeah, I'm a little upset they missed like Pillman, who was you know I'm pretty sure uh, the former light heavyweight champion at this time, slammed Abdullah, and they completely missed it. But um, Sting, uh, I will say one negative is that Sting nearly killed Bobby with a tombstone, like um, towards the end of the match. But it w- it was bad. Then Cactus, you know, um, hit hit Abdullah. I went uh, three point two five, but it was just for the story. Like it, it, and like like you guys said, that the pace was awesome.
2: All right, so uh, Logan, take your dud out of it. What did the rest of us <laughs> give us overall? I'm not taking the dud out of it. Well you can't really uh, score it, Dad, because there's no score for it. So just do the other what one. What
3: the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, a zero. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna divide it by five, even if it's even if one of them's a zero. It is a two point three five.
2: That is the absolute disgrace of a radio. <laughs>
3: Guys, y'all are absolutely wrong.
2: This is it. It was
3: convoluted from the beginning. This, they were fighting each sad, other. That, it doesn't make sense.
2: That is it a tragedy of a radio for this match. Absolutely, I'm calling it. I'm calling a three. We're going three. Look, I call it. it how does it make how, sense? How dare you take the I'm, joy away from the I'm, one goddamn I'm, I'm, thing I enjoyed I'm, on this show? I, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm pulling, I'm pulling host privilege on your ass again. We're going <laughs> to be on this match.
3: You can take their host privilege and <laughs> shove it up your ass. <laughs> oh
0: goodness
3: fucking love it love
0: badge, it imagine if these two are uh teamed up in the battle bowl it will never coexist i <laughs> uh, uh,
3: love it i then wouldn't for two fucking more partner. episodes i was trying to get to the main event
2: <laughs> i just i just thought that you gave me an excuse to say host privilege again i haven't been able to say it in a while so thank you for that all right so we're gonna close it out so we got all our participants for the battle bow i, love, I can't not say battle bow now um so the first thing is Everyone walks out on the stage, and it's like really bad game show music. Like Capet is announcing them; <laughs> um, he's announcing the rules and the twenty participants. It's like the Price is Right as they walk to the ring. Music—it's it's like awful. It's like as bad as the freaking fireworks they use when they open the show. Do we think that was sorry? Do you think that was a dub or was? That I wasn't. A, I wasn't sure. I listen. WCW used really bad music back in the yeah, day. It was like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then the other note I made is what a potpourri of talent in this one. I said both fucking Patriots are in it, and so is a fucking Freebird. Uh Stink comes out last, which is interesting, after the world champion, after Arn and after Rick Rude. So Arn, so I'm just gonna give a couple highlights here. Um Arn slams Steamboat out on the ramp. Vader and Kazmeyer was something I never want to see ever again. Uh, Vader clubs Steamboat over the top and then slams him. Liger looks very, very lost. Uh, Vader press slams, presses Steamboat to the ramp, then tosses him back in. Uh, Tommy Rich is – God, Tommy Rich is in this. He is the first to go to (laughs) ring two. Uh, Bagwell is the second one to go to ring two. And imagine watching that match in ring two while trying to pay attention to ring one. I know everyone wants to watch Bagwell versus Rich. Uh, Mr. Hughes does the worst press slam ever to chip on the Bagwell into ring number two. Uh, Liger and Morton actually get a little bit of shine in ring two facing off and they ended up, uh, eliminating each other. Uh, Sting and Rude finally go at it and they fall into ring number two. So it ends up being Luger and Vader as the last two in ring number one. And then Vader does a splash in the corner. Um, and then, uh, Luger hits a nice clothesline to send Vader to ring two. So you don't really get to ever talk about Luger versus Vader. Probably an underrated thing that could have happened. Uh, probably would have been great in 1989 when Luger was actually good. Um, so Luger wins ring one. Um, And then so we go to the ring, two. So Bagwell and Rhodes are eliminated by Steve Austin. Bader is eliminated by a double clothesline by Steamboat and Sting. The final four in the ring uh, are in ring two are Austin, Rude, Sting, and Steamboat, which makes sense because that's the feud and they all go at it. Uh, I thought it was really good stuff here. Rude accidentally clotheslines Austin over the top rope when Steamboat ducks. Steamboat eliminates Rude with the skin to cap, but Rude pulls him outside the ring as Steamboat tries to flip back into the ring. So Continued, I do like this is like the only part they were really building to this feud. Like, Steamboat and Root have been kind of the story, and they're still building here, which I really, really like. Um, and so there you go. So it's uh, Sting and Luger. So Luger goes over to Ring Two, uh, and it's a big time matchup feel on this. This was WCW's big money match at the time. Um, we had the attack back at the Clash, so it was good to see these two here. Um, and this is also gonna be your Super Brawl main event, as everyone knows. So Luger kills Sting with a clothesline and arrogantly does the Stinger yell, which I thought was pretty cool. Luger throws Sting to the ramp and then distracts the ref. Harley goes to punch Sting, but Sting slams race on the ramp. Um, Luger goes outside on the ramp and pushes Sting off to the ramp into the barricades. Sting comes back in and they fight outside. Uh, Back in ring puts Luger on top rope and kicks him. Harley comes in and he gets suplexed and Sting misses a Stinger splash. Luger tosses him out of the ring, but Sting holds uh, the ropes, Comes back in and he attacks Luger. Um, he does a fra- uh, one of those face slams to the mat. Uh, the crowd's going nuts. Um, he clothesline and pushes Luger out of the ring, and Sting wins the battle bowl. Um, some might say having these two going at it here was kind of a waste of potential the main event, where they wanted to go, because it, most of the time you don't like to see them touch before the main event. Uh, but I thought it was okay um, at the time um this just seemed like the right way to end this pay-per-view with sting going over luger um and i think it built the suspense to the money world title match and once it got to ring two and eliminations happened quick and we got to the final five i thought it was really good but the rest of it was kind of shit i went i actually went two and a half i really enjoyed the like latter part of this and i i don't know i enjoyed it the first part sucks. second half i enjoyed matt i'll go to you first what did you think
1: yeah, I, I thought this was a super tough match to rate, because, I mean, it, it's kind of tough to rate Battle Royals to begin with. And I did think yes. once, once they got to, like, the final four or five, like you said, I do think it picked up, but... Boy, did it take a lot to get there. Good Lord. Mm -hmm. I just thought the, like, three quarters of this match, I just found super boring, super, like, just milk toast, standard battle royal stuff. And, I mean, they did change it up a little bit with the two rings, but it was ultimately the same thing. You're still trying to throw somebody out of a ring into another ring. So I I thought parts of it were exceptionally boring. I I did like the Liger Morton uh, spots that they had in ring two. I thought that was pretty good. And I did feel like uh, save for a couple of brief moments, I thought the crowd was kind of cooked like they popped for the Sting Luger stuff and they popped for Sting and Rude throwing bombs. But I thought for the rest of it, they were kind of just sitting on their hands for a lot of it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I ended up, uh, scoring the same thing like you. I went, I went two and a half on it too, but yeah, it's just, it's a tough match to rate because it's a battle Royal. And I think battle Royals just as a whole are kind of tough matches to gauge as far as a rating. So, uh, two and a half seems right. This battle Royal didn't really, uh, blow my mind or anything. So I right down the middle made sense to me two and a half.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it was a tale of two things. The first half really sucked. The second half was really good at telling the story and where they wanted to go. And I think that's why I the second half is what sold it for me, to be honest. Um, uh, Logan, what did you think?
3: Yeah, I went the same as y'all. Two and a half. I thought, I thought basically the same things. The first half is a mess, and uh, the the latter half is definitely a pretty good finning finish and ending to the show. Um, The match rules are far too complicated and continue to change throughout the match to kind of fit the narrative that they're going for. Uh, I've always thought that about this battle royal portion of this. Um, Morton and Champion choosing to change rings instead of actually being thrown over there was uh, definitely a choice and not a good one. Um, Luger's clothesline to Vader to kind of win ring one was pretty awesome. I thought that was great. Um, This might be kind of a turning point for Austin. Austin uh, finishes in the final five. Uh, they obviously booked him to get to that point, so maybe they're turning their uh, turning a new leaf on the uh, the treatment of uh, Austin in this pod. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, maybe he'll be good going forward. But we'll, well I guess we'll see. Um, I like that Rude actually accidentally knocks Austin out. I also like that part, and then I also kind of like how he pulls uh, Steamboat out uh, to kind of win Ring Two for uh, Sting. And then I, I just thought the match was a little too long and maybe a little too convoluted in the middle. Uh, but I did think it finished strong, and I do think it was good that it came down to Sting and uh, Luger. So uh, I enjoyed it, but uh, it could have been a little shorter, and I think it was uh, a little messy at the beginning.
2: Yeah, this Battle Royal was 30 minutes, by the way.
0: That, that's how long it was, 30 fucking minutes. Uh, Jake, what did you think? Yeah, you guys know it. I, I went a bit lower, too. Because like you like y'all said, it's always hard to rate these. I thought the battle royal part at the beginning was actually a bit worse than like the you know standard battle royal level, just because. I felt like it was even more like standing around, like like mm-hmm. your guys' favorite Big Todd. I saw him a few times just literally standing there not knowing what the fuck to do. Like, like they weren't <laughs> well, even doing our a good job of Todd,
2: Right. They
1: weren't
0: even like I felt like they couldn't even do like the a lot of the guys looked like they couldn't even do the standard, like pair off with somebody. Like I felt like half of them were just standing there doing absolutely nothing. Like, I just wanted to look at my phone instead until I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to mentally check out till we get to the part that matters because that's kind of what you're telling me here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I felt there were parts where I think the guys were getting confused because they're so used to the -the over-the-top battle role that they forgot that they're supposed to be throwing the people Uh. in the other ring. So they're trying to throw people out of the ring. So that's kind of a mess. Uh, Mr. Hughes looked like he jumped into a pool. He was sweating his ass off in his white shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was like transparent by the end. But um, yeah, the, the ending was the ending was all good. Like you kind of set on the dangerous alliance versus Sting and Steamboat. You get the rude and Steamboat stuff that's kind of going to set them up sort of long term. You get Sting and Luger. So like it's typical of these kind of battle royals. It's it's like like you said, Sean. The first part sucks, and then. Usually the the ending is kind of okay. It always makes it difficult to rate. So I'm gonna go, go ahead and do it too. The ending was was pretty good. Did what I needed to do. The beginning sucked ass. So it's just one of these things where it's just it's just not. It makes you wonder like how this became such a standard in wrestling. I guess because you get to see all the guys, but it's just never seems to be fun to watch. Like and it's like once you've seen Royal Rumble, like a better way of doing it. It's always hard to go back to these and and watch like a standard battle Royal where it's just like a fuck ton of dudes going at on one time. So. I don't know, two stars for me, I guess.
2: All right. Shift, close it out with your four star Randy. <laughs> you called it. <laughs>
0: of
3: course. Of course uh, you know. uh,
4: I love this match so much. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Vader looking dominant at the start was pretty nice. Like how you said, how we, how he dominated uh, Ricky steamboat made in uh, steamboat selling is amazing. Of course. Um, JR saying that Paulie looks nice in his dad's suit always makes me laugh no matter how many times I hear it. Um, I loved how Sting and Rude literally battled all the way to to Ring Two. And uh I, I Sean, I even had the note that Vader and Luger wrestle here. And I even have like in parentheses, I think this is the only time they wrestle because they're like ships passing in the night. Because when correct. Luger when Luger comes back to WCW, that's when Vader is fired and Luger's thrown on the WC on uh the babyface war games team. Um, and it, this feels like uh, when it's the dangerous alliance for Steamboat and Sting that we really start to see Rude transition to more of the feud with Steamboat here, um, because like I know Sting and Rude still have like their big matches as we'll talk about in the next couple episodes because they hype it up for the Omni, but um, with Rude like eliminating um, Steamboat uh, like by pulling him out. Like it's like, oh, like, you know, and then like Rude hits the Rude Awakening on Sting and Sting's just laying there for dead. And um I love Luger and Sting going back and forth. I really thought JR and Tony did a great job of telling the story here. So it's like, you know, with hindsight, they're like, These are gonna be the wrestlers of the, the wrestlers of the nineties, which, you know, they were both pegged to be and you know, some people say they don't that didn't really turn out. Um but they thought they were gonna feud for all of uh nineteen ninety, um And that wasn't the case because Luger is done by February. Maybe that's where they were going there. Um, And my favorite part is when they're battling on the outside here. And uh, the guy, for some reason, bought like a toddler to the match. And you can see when like Luger whips sting into the railing, the guy like pulls the baby back. It has stuck (laughs) with me rent free in my head for like 20 years of just how absurd and like it makes me laugh every time i see it like I- i'm gonna have to find the time stamp and-, and go back and tell you guys but it it just makes me laugh because he looks terrified of the guy who has brought this baby to this loud-ass wrestling show finally starts showing concern when the wrestlers are three feet away from him but it just makes me laugh um you know i love like stinger- sting going for the stinger splash and luger uh, missing and almost eliminating himself, which actually, they try to sell it like he sting would have been eliminated, and he would have lost. But they said that he has to go to the floor and he just went in between the the ring. That's how many times I've watched this damn match. Um but I love like sting like throwing Luger over and like he's just exhausted and it's a great ending. We set up like, I know they hadn't said that the winner of battle bowl gets a world title shot. And I know that's what we were talking about earlier in the podcast and hell with the Royal rumble, they weren't even saying that the winner gets a title shot, but it feels like this is where we're going. Uh, you know, the franchise Sting, because you guys mentioned that everyone came out with this generic music. The only wrestler that, that got his music to come out was Sting, and that even happened during the tag team matches as well. I don't know if you guys noticed. The only person who got his music played was Sting. So Sting is the franchise of WCW. Amazing. Four stars. Uh, just an amazing show. I, I can't, like, someone cut <laughs> me off because
3: I'll... Keep
1: Yeah,
3: uh, yeah clear all it. right, Chip. Yeah, your, your You're pants. done. You're put done. Speechless. Put your pants Speechless. back
1: on. Your pants back on. Wait, wait, what did you go on it,
3: shift? Four. Four fucking stars.
1: Idiot. I'm
3: just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll just play it. So, Logan, why would that be that total?
2: Well, I guess he made up for the fact that you made our taxi match a dud, so I think he made up for it here. So
3: it, <laughs> That's because
2: it was a dud. A You're a fucking 2. dud. 2.7. <laughs> 2.7. All right. So that closes out Starcade 91. And, you know, I'm not going to go around and ask everybody's final thoughts. I think we're pretty clear on where we stand with this. Shift thinks it's an all-time great show. The rest of us are kind of meh in the middle. Um, I would probably say it's probably like a four and a half out of five is probably where I would go. Somewhere in that five. It's, like a, it's kind of like a highway to the impact zone. It's most of their paper. You mean season. out of ten? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Four and a half out of ten. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it reminds me of like a lot of the impact shows where you're just kind of in the middle, and it's like, man, you know, it's there. You don't hate it, but it's kind of in the middle. But anyway, um, now the awards. This is going to be hard. So, oh God, Matt Souza, Ugh. least ah! least, uh,
1: least dangerous,
2: and remember, least It's got to be a member. Uh, it's got to be a member of the Dangerous Alliance. Who's I know,
1: dangerous? I know, I know the rules. Uh, least dangerous. Let's go. I'm torn between Larry Z and Austin, but Larry Z can't
2: be Larry. Larry was comedy gold, Matt.
1: Excuse me, this is my pick. God, (laughs) be honest. Uh, I I I just mentioned Larry Z. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to pick him because I am in fact going to pick Austin yet again. Uh, Larry entertained me in a way that Austin didn't, so I will go Austin. Austin's on a tear right now. Uh, Jake, least dangerous.
2: Out of all the dangerous member lines you saw tonight, he would be your least dangerous one.
0: I'd probably go Austin, but I don't think he was really necessary. Honestly, if Rude wouldn't have had the shine at the end of the show, I probably wouldn't have Rude because he's right. supposed to be almost like the leader, but he kind of saved it in the end. But if I was just going mm-hmm. on the earlier match, I'd go Rude. But i will probably go Austin just because he didn't get the shine that Rude got at the end of the show. Well, I'm going to shock all of you, and I am
2: going to go with Rick Roode as my least dangerous, because I mm. thought Rick Roode absolutely phoned it in tonight. Um, Schiff, how about you? I'm going to throw a curveball here and go with Bobby.
4: Um, he didn't make how it. He didn't make it to um, to Battle Bowl, and he wasn't as entertaining as Larry. So,
3: mm-hmm. Logan. So, how are we going to settle a tie? I don't so know. They, we'll figure it out. Who you going they, with? That may sway who I'm going with. <laughs> Host uh, privilege. It's definitely not Austin. <laughs>
2: Austin, Austin made the final.
3: Made the final five of the battle bowl, so it's definitely not Austin. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'll go. Just with,
1: gonna I'm, fuck myself.
3: I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with Schiff and go Eaton. He he failed to make the battle bowl match, and he was in the worst match. So I'm gonna go with Bobby.
1: Uh,
2: okay, so I guess we'll just tie it tonight. I'm not gonna do a tiebreaker on that. I'll. <laughs> <Uh-oh.
0: laughs> I, I won't pull host privilege, although I would pull up a pull up the bylaws of the podcast
3: well I'm well saying, as keeper as keeper of the books i'm putting eden. If I'm going, <laughs> I, I,
2: I, if I am host privilege i'm going with austin over eden you can't do that to eat that's not
3: right what, what did austin fuck you guys. that's not
0: right
2: that's not right. That's what right
3: the fuck did austin do whatever fuck, go ahead go ahead, f- go ahead.
2: fucking eat. austin was in a shit match eden was in a
1: three-star class yeah and he was better <laughs> than rude was rude shift sucks. do you see what your favorite pay-per-view has done to us
2: yeah.
4: My car is just tearing this family apart.
1: Quit. All right. <laughs> uh, on
2: the side, lethal. lethal. Most, most dangerous for me, Larry Zabisco, for all the wrong reasons. <laughs>
3: Logan, how about you? This one's hard as well. Um, damn. Remember, I said Larry I'll, for the wrong I'll, I'll go Larry for all the wrong reasons. Uh-huh. I don't really think the Dangerous Alliance stood out tonight, so I'll go Larry. Well, well-
2: you know, that's the bottom line for me tonight is that this we'll talk about what how did this progress to Alliance story. This wasn't about them at all tonight. This is all about sting and luger. So I yeah. Um Matt, what did you
1: think? Uh I will go Arn for the sole purpose of him being in the best match. Or one of the best matches, I should say. <laughs> ah, that's
2: a
0: good one. Okay. Uh uh Jake. I'm going to go Larry just because it seems like the perfect show for Larry to get most dangerous by <laughs> the only chance he's going to ever have. So, you uh, know what? It's a good Larry, call. Battle Bowl is a perfect Larry MVP show. That is a very good call. Uh, Schiff, how about you?
4: I'll, I'll just say Larry as well.
2: Wow. Larry Zabisco, probably the one and only time who will ever get the most dangerous on this show ever. Oh, All what do right. you mean? But I'm just saying because we don't really – we normally shit on Larry. He never wins ever. Um, We'll see. Uh, match of the night for me, uh, I think the majority, was, I mean, for me, it was the Abdullah the Butcher match. Matt, how about you? Yep. Uh, Jake.
0: Uh, I'd probably lean that way though. It's kind of tied with the for cause there were such different matches. I'm kind of tied between the Luger and Arn match and that one, but I'd probably lean staying Abdullah match. All right, Schiff.
2: Uh, well, I guess Logan, your votes are relevant because Abdullah match is going to win at this point. So I'm going to move on from you. Wow, good lord! <laughs> no, Logan, go ahead. What was your? No, Logan, seriously. What was your match of the night? Even though it won't win, what was your match?
3: Well, the the overall rating uh, winner is Luger Arn and Taylor Zink, so that's the correct answer. Yeah, that
2: is not the correct answer. It Luke. is the correct answer. Ho- no, it host pri- The majority rules, and you have you have the rest of us saying you are your wrong.
3: Your face is host privilege.
2: You're wrong. You know what? Fuck. Things dude. are breaking down here. More uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Um, all right, um, Schiff. I assume your match is the Abdullah match too.
0: Yeah.
3: All right. Uh, Wait, it's not. It's not the battle royal. Yeah. Not the
0: battle oh, royal? yeah. I thought you would say. Oh the, well, yeah. i the, do- the battle.
3: I didn't know that I could say the battle
4: royal. Yeah, battle royal. It's a
2: match on the show. Of course. You I can mean, say it. you're 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 wrong, For Schiff. You it's like. It.
0: <laughs> for shift, it's like it's ascended to another plane above a normal right. match.
4: He <laughs> just doesn't want Sean to yell at him. Is the problem? So. You're, you're, you're not wrong, Jake. It, it,
0: like yeah, it's I, it's like legit watch, above.
4: <laughs> I legit could watch. watch that match like at least like once a week or something. That's how much I love the match. Like, get some. I'm serve. just
0: imagining a uh, shift like in a fugue state, just watching on like the <laughs> uh, uh, Clockwork Orange with the thing with his eyes open, just oh, <laughs> watching Battle for Repeat. <laughs> Like I legit would just have
4: it on his background noise at, at at different points in my life, like like during fantasy drafts, I I would just have it on the whole pay per view and would just yeah.
2: Okay, well, there's no rhyme or reason for this one whatsoever based on our awards night. Uh, worst match of the night also went to our most dangerous It's Sabisco matches. <laughs> 100 match.
0: Jake, worst match for you. Uh. Yeah, I guess it's got to be that one, even though I, you know what, honestly, I'm going to go that first. I know it doesn't make any sense with the ratings, but the Larry <laughs> match is more entertaining. I'd, le- I'd legit say that the first match was worse. So, okay. you know what, fuck it. Throw the math right. out the window. All <laughs> right, it's Battle Bowl, baby.
1: <laughs> Matt, I you. The, these awards are completely meaningless. I will. Well, I will. well let's be honest. This pay-per-view <laughs> pay- <laughs> is fucking meaningless tonight. Yeah. Sure. I, I will go with the Larry Z match. All right, Logan.
3: <laughs> uh, Sting Abby Billin. Pillon. Oh, mm. fuck mm. you. Uh, Schiff?
4: Uh, little Larry <laughs>
2: match. All right. All right. And last and certainly not least, on a scale of... What, what do we do? One to five? Is that what we usually do? Yeah? Okay. On a scale of one to five, where is this? Where is where is this watch of the Dangerous Alliance, and how does it rate in their journey? For me, this is probably one of the lower ones because this doesn't really do anything for the alliance. The only thing it really does is continue to build Steamboat and um, Rude for like two seconds at the end. I'm actually going a one. This journey, the journey for them tonight, absolutely sucked. Matt, how about you? Can I go zero? You can, yes.
0: Zero. Okay, Jake. I go one for like you said, Sean, with the, it had the, uh, the rude, uh, steamboat stuff. But other than that, yeah, it wasn't about the, it wasn't about the DA tonight. Nope, sure wasn't. Uh, Schiff. I, I'll,
2: I'll go two. Okay. You would, you would. Would you like, would you, would you like to explain?
4: Yeah, uh, we we see how the DA um, is, like, the Rude and Steamboat's transitioning. We saw some good tag work, even though the matches weren't that great. And it shows that any members of the DA can tag together, um, as we saw Rude and Austin, as we haven't seen that combination a lot on there. We saw that Larry can annoy the piss out of anyone, including someone who doesn't understand English. So, <laughs> yeah, two.
3: <laughs> Logan... Yeah, I'll go one as well. I didn't do much for the uh, Dangerous Alliance overall. All
2: right, so let's really think about these ratings tonight. Like We're all over the board, and it's literally the worst that Alliance has looked in the history of this podcast. And, Schiff, you think this is, like, the greatest pay-per-view of all time? Yeah,
4: I do. I do. It's, like, one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views.
2: What a fucking hot mess to end this show.
3: <laughs> I, I, I will mess. say we did go one on episode two as well. So they have. Oh, they did we? Leopold. Yeah. So they Oh okay. before,
2: before.
1: Well, I I, well, well, I went zero on this one. So. All
2: right. Well, with that, uh, we will end <laughs> this absolute disaster. Hot mess of a pay-per-view. It's fun to talk about, but God damn it. What a fucking mess. Uh, before we go, uh, Jake, thanks for uh, jumping on. We appreciate you as always jumping on and. You will be joining us uh, when we get to the January clash, so hopefully we mm-hmm. have a little bit better stuff to talk about that night. But anything you would like to plug, and Jake only gets to plug since he's our guest star tonight, only plug of the night.
0: <laughs> oh, um, so uh, you could guess we're doing the ruthless aggressive podcast here in the North South feed. Um, of course, I do uh, Highway to the Impact Zone on the Place Simulation Wrestling feed, as well as YouTube Roulette um, that we do together. Uh, this whole crew actually, so. Check it all out. This whole joy fruit. to come and cover. Yeah,
3: it's almost like we like each other despite the the pod right. tonight.
1: We
0: didn't, even I mean,
3: have to,
1: we didn't even have to do plugs. Jake covered it all.
2: He did. That's right. why
1: this podcast is great is because we all get along,
2: but we can still shit on each other when we have to. I think
0: <laughs> it's great. That's why was, I love doing this show. It was a pleasure covering the, uh, the Lethal Lottery with you guys. Yes, it was a pleasure
2: having you. So, um, yeah. So, guys, go out of your way. Listen to all the uh, podcast feeds, Place to Be Nation here on North-South Connection, uh, the Jenny Position, um, uh, pop the pop feed where uh, we're actually starting to drop some new content over there. So um, it's been kind of like in a dry spell, but uh, we got some new stuff coming out over there. So give that a listen as well. So with that, uh, on our next episode, we will jump right into 1992. So we are officially done with 1991. Um, we're going to be back with episode 10 and we're going to pop in for January of 92. So for Matt Sousa, Logan Crossland, Scott Shiflett, and, uh, Jacob Williams, we will see you guys in two weeks.